Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Co-op Podcast, episode 226. I'm your host, Richard Bay Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going very good, thanks. Um, I just want to start off by saying that yesterday I got the chance to experience um, uh, Distant World, sorry, uh, which is the Final Fantasy Orchestra, um, and... Uh, Nobu Umatsu was was in attendance, who is the composer of uh, many of the Final Fantasy games, including Final Fantasy VII. And I just want to say it was incredible to see, you know, the orchestra play Aerith's theme and um, One Winged Angel. Like seeing those live was just phenomenal. So um, I urge everyone to check out Distant Worlds if it if it's ever in your city because it was a great show. But yeah, I'm good, Rich. How are you? It sounds good. I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, taking it easy on this Sunday afternoon. Um, but yeah, glad to hear that you enjoyed the show. Definitely have to let us know more about that experience later on in in today's broadcast. Um, we're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? Hey, everyone. It's going pretty well. Pretty excited. Yes, Dana, would you like to let everybody know where you are at right now? Because I believe that you are on location somewhere. I am on location. I am currently, I'm in New York City. I'm at the Jacob Javits Center. It's at the um, Playfair. But I am currently with uh, WWE. They just wrapped up this huge interview with Big Show and Daniel Bryan. And we talked about WWE 2K7, what is 18, sorry. And... um, we talked about a couple other matches, and it was fun and exciting. And you know, hopefully, we'll we'll just dissect that later on. It sounds good. And let me add that it's okay if you said WWE 2K17 because the 2K18 pretty much the same game anyway, with a few changes. It's so. the same thing, and you know, they they tried to be enthusiastic about it, but yeah, they had the same sentiment. It's, it's the same thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and for those that may be wondering, we will not be joined today by uh, a few other individuals, uh, but they will be back. They will be back next week. Don't worry. Um, everybody has a lot going on. They're pretty busy. So look for them next week. Uh, so we do have a couple of topics to get into today. Uh, some of the topics are going to be very, very controversial, depending on who you ask, because there's one topic in particular that a lot of people have been talking about, I've just been waiting patiently to talk about it on the co-op. We'll get into that later. But before we do that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, um, Dana, I know you've been at that event, I believe, for most of the weekend, but what have you been playing prior to that event? Um, prior to the event, uh, Mario Odyssey, still, I love it. It's one of those games that's just calming and relaxing and I just take my time with. Uh I did get to play one game down here that they do have. It's the Oculus Rift. Um, it's the Minecraft for VR, which is horrible. And uh, that's been a terrible experience. But other than that, Mario. Absolutely. That's a game that I wish that I was able to play, but uh, I have not had the opportunity to play it yet. Um, maybe that'll change this upcoming week. We'll see. Um, so how about you, Gary? What have you been playing? Yep. So of course I've been playing Overwatch. Um, I won't bore you with too much detail because I am going to be talking a bit about that, you know, later on as I talk about BlizzCon 
and everything. But um, besides that, I've been playing Destiny 2. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really getting into that game now. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm going to be playing the game long term still. Um, just because, you know, I don't really have that many people to play with at the moment. But I am kind of getting into the, the story and the grinding my character a little bit, you know, developing my cl- characters and fleshing them out. Uh, one thing I have a problem with when I play like role playing games like this that allow you to create characters is that I always get to a point where I'm like, you know what, I want to make a new character. So I actually did that. Like I made a second character as well. Um, just to see like the differences between the character classes and stuff like that. So uh, my main character was um, a hunter and I, I made a, a second character that's a warlock. So yeah, um, I'm really enjoying playing as a warlock at the moment, but uh, it just means I have to replay a lot of the missions that I already did with my main character and stuff. But it's cool because I, I have some uh, some friends from Overwatch that are just getting into Destiny 2 now. So like, I can kind of um, play with them as they begin the game, um, you know, with a lower character. So, yeah, uh, it kind of works out, I guess. It just means it's going to take me a bit longer to proceed with the story, like at the point that I was before. But, yeah, um, having fun with that game still. And that's pretty much all I've been playing this week. Sounds good. Yes, sounds very good. Uh, so as for what I've been playing, um, I played a, a quite a bit of games this week. You know, obviously, the last time we recorded the show, I believe we had the release of Mario. We had Wolfenstein 2 and uh, I believe Assassin's Creed Origins all on the same day. So um, I haven't had a chance to go back to Assassin's Creed Origins quite yet. I did play a little bit of it uh, before we recorded last week, and I thought the game was great. Um don't really have any other updates on the game at the moment, but you know, I'll probably have more to say on it this week, depending on how everything else goes. I have been playing Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Um, so far I'm enjoying the game. I don't really quite know yet how far I am in the game as far as the progress. Um, I've only really just met a few of the other characters that are on the resistance force. So maybe I would say maybe I'm about two or three, maybe four missions in so far. But the game is fantastic. You know, it, I, I like the first game. And the main issue I had with the first game is that I really didn't feel as though that uh, machine games had done a good job of actually making you feel as though it, you, you were threatened living in America now that the Nazis have taken over. Uh, I, they have definitely, you know, there's a night and day difference between that game and this game because now you get a sense that, yes, the Nazis are in control you see that the, 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 the death and destruction that they have caused on their path to control. And so far, I think the game is great. Now, I still do have quite a bit to get through it with that game. Um, but so far, it's fun. I did opt to play it on the hardest difficulty setting because I wanted to see how challenging it would be. And it, it is pretty challenging, but still manageable. Now, there is a mode that uh, I do believe, you know, there is permadeath in there where you, you know, you die. I guess you have to start all the way from the beginning. If you die one time, um, I don't know if I'm going to do that mode yet. Um, but so far I'm enjoying the game a lot. Um, I believe that, uh, our colleague, Mr. Max Muller, he does have a review that is coming very soon for that game this week. So stay tuned for that on the site because it is, you know, the game, like I said, the game is fantastic so far. Um, 
if you enjoyed the first game, you definitely need to pick up this game. But I don't think you need to pick it up right away. I mean, you can wait for the price to drop because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of Black Friday deals on this game and a lot of the other games that have already come out. So I definitely will wait on that. But, yeah, good game so far. Uh, I did play a little bit of Call of Duty uh, World War II. Uh, give a shout-out to Activision for allowing us to, you know, try out the game. Uh, we do have a review coming for that game uh, sometime later this week because we just received the game Friday. So, um, but the game is, from what I played so far, I, I must admit that I did not play too much of it. I only played through the first two missions. Um, and what I can say right now is that the game looks fantastic, but graphically, the game looks fantastic. It doesn't matter whether or not you have it on uh, Xbox or PlayStation 4, the game looks fantastic. Um, I can only imagine it would look a little bit better on the Pro and the X, uh, but I haven't really seen it on, on, on either one of those systems. But the game is, is good. You know, it's your typical Call of Duty game. Uh, the story mode that I've played, um, you know, it is set in World War II, so it's a lot more graphic, you know, in terms of the stuff that does happen. If there's one thing that I don't like about the game so far, when you play that first mission, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, you're going through bunkers, killing all the bad guys. They do have one instance where you actually, well, you actually have to have like a up close uh, combat encounter with the enemy. And that requires, you know, I got to press the button prompt at this time, you know, time that stuff correctly. I'm not a fan of any of that stuff. You know, I would have preferred if they just kept it simple, where you can just go up to somebody and just stab them. Because in Wolfenstein, you can do that. You go up to somebody, you press down the button, and you're able to execute a kill on them. Whereas in this game, you have to time the actions correctly to match up with that type of stuff. So, I mean, I don't know how much of that is in the game because I haven't played that much of it. But right from the very beginning, I was not a fan of that. That's the one criticism I do have. Um, but so far, I guess the game is okay. I mean, it's pretty much what you would expect from a Call of Duty game. So not really anything too special. But if you are a Call of Duty fan, then you'll enjoy the game. But I'll have more to say on that next week because we already know that the campaigns are typically short for Call of Duty. So I'm pretty sure I'll be able to finish that this week. Um, and finally, the one game that I have been playing, uh, which I can say a little bit about, I can't say too much about it. I have been playing Need for Speed Payback. Uh, if you know that on the previous episodes of the co-op, I said I played Gran Turismo, I played uh, Forza Motorsport 7, and I had said on the most recent episode that, you know, Gran Turismo is a good game. Uh, I don't like the online-only practice that they have with the game. It's still a good game. But I said if there was a racing game that you should get this year, maybe you should consider Forza 7. Okay, after playing Need for Speed, uh, Payback, I have to say, you know, I'm enjoying that game a lot more than I enjoy Forza and um, Gran Turismo. I mean, if you, if, you, if you ever played Forza Horizon 3, you know that when I wrote a review for that game last year, I said that that was the best racing game this generation so far, in my personal opinion. This game, I could tell that the, 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 the devs at Ghost Games, they took a look at Forza. They took a look at how certain things were designed in that game, and they pretty much use that same formula formula to make this game. I mean, there is a story mode that, you know, that I'm playing through right now. It includes a gang that comes together to try and take down another game, which is owned and operated by uh, a mafia type uh, organization. Um, so a lot of the races that you are, you know, it's like very much open world. You're racing through this place called Fortune 
uh, I believe it's called Fortune Valley. City is very reminiscent of what you of like how pretty much how you describe Las Vegas. It has the shiny lights, different type of desert environments, so on and so forth. But the game itself, uh, the way that they have set it up, there's so many aspects of that game that, that you can tell that they were inspired by Forza Horizon, down to the different things that you can do as far as the icons, um, the cars that you get, the different activities that you can do. It's just a lot of stuff in that game. You could tell it was inspired by that. But the fact that you actually put a story on top of that with characters that are actually likable makes it a really, really good game so far. Um, so I definitely would tell people, I believe if you have uh, EA Access, you can try out a demo right now, uh, like for maybe 10 hours, it, on, only on Xbox, though, of course. I don't know if there's going to be a demo eventually on PlayStation 4. I would assume that there will be because the game is coming out later this week on November 10th. But I would highly recommend you to you try it out, especially if you're a racing game fan. Uh, it's not a type of racing game fan where you have to go crazy with all the customization. There is customization there. But it's not a sim. It's pretty much like an arcade racer in certain aspects. But I, I would highly encourage anybody, you know, if you're a racing game fan, you want to try something different, you need to try out this game. And no, EA is not endorsing me at all to say this. It's just that I've been, been enjoying this game a lot more than I've enjoyed uh, Forza and Gran Turismo. And it's nothing personal against both of those. But with, in the case of Forza, you know, pretty much every Forza game feels the same. As far as, you know, when, when you think about the main Forza game, every Forza game feels the same, um, with the exception being Horizon, because it's a different franchise that's being worked on by a different team. But it feels like this, it's the same experience. So obviously, when you get something different that feels different, you actually like that a little bit more. So I definitely would recommend you check out uh, Need for Speed Payback and look for my review on the website. I believe the embargo lifts on Tuesday morning. Yeah. So look for that on the website uh, on Tuesday. But um, that pretty much concludes what I've been playing. As I said, I've been playing a lot. Uh, it's been a very busy, busy season, but uh, good time to be a gamer. No doubt about that. So um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the topics for this week. Because uh, a couple of these topics are very interesting. Uh, I'm going to start off with this topic because I don't really know if this is a confirm a confirmation yet. This is some news we received on Friday, um, and we'll find out if it's true or not relatively soon. But the word on the street is that um, Rocksteady's next game is a Superman game. There's supposed to be a cover story in the next Game Informer magazine on this particular game. Uh, so, of course, Rocksteady has been very quiet, you know, ever since they've been working on the Batman game. We haven't heard any updates as to what they're working on now. But I, according to this news, we're going to hear something very, very soon. So I believe, Gary, you wanted to ask the question, should they have gone in another direction? Or, you know, should they? I mean, I wanted to ask you first, Gary, uh, initially when you had that particular question, what are you basically saying? That should they have gone in a different direction, like do another game altogether, or should they just stay doing superhero games? Um. So yeah, I mean, there's there's different ways to interpret the question, um, but like, okay, so this is based on a conversation I had yesterday with Ramiz, who you know he went to uh, the Distant Worlds concert with me. Um, so yeah, um, we on on our way back on the train, we had this this discussion about you know, uh, Rocksteady possibly making a Superman game, and we both agreed that 
a Superman game is kind of it's kind of difficult to pull off. Um, and you know, we would have preferred if it was like a Flash game or something because a Flash game would be really cool. Like you can run through the city. Um, you know, you can uh, level him up. You can learn new combos on how to attack people and everything like that. But when it comes to Superman, he's like the most OP character. And, you know, if you start the game and you're limiting what he can do, that's just weird because, you know, that's that's just not Superman. Like, Superman is known for being OP and being able to obliterate, you know, anyone on Earth at any point in time. So it's like, what can they really do with this game? And also, like, how are you... How is it going to play mechanically? Like, how are you going to navigate the city or, you know, wherever it's based? Because if it's open world, that's it's, it's going to be really hard to pull off a, a good open world Superman game. Because, like, if you think about it, like, if you think of it in terms of Arkham City and Arkham Knight, right? You have the big, you know, Gotham City and everything. And Batman can, you know, he can um, use his grappling hook to swing across buildings. He can climb and do all this stuff. But Superman can just fly, so like you can, you can, you'll be able to fly through the whole map with ease. You know, it, it would have to be like a really gigantic map, you know, for for you to really get that feel of covering a large distance. You know, so it's it's there's a lot of things to consider when making a game based around Superman, and that's the reason why there hasn't actually been a good Superman game when you really think about it. Like. Um, it's been attempted before, but there hasn't been a good one, um, and that's for a reason because it's it's easy to do characters like Batman and you know Flash, Spider Man, you know characters like that who are really kind of city based and you know they um they actually um they're actually brawlers like they can fight and everything like they can engage in combat, but with Superman. You can't have him just like, you know, um, engaging regular people like that because he can just obliterate them at any point. Like it's not even a fight. So are you going to have Superman constantly tackling aliens? Because I, I guess that's the only way you're going to be able to do it. Like it will have to be like a, an alien invasion. And there's just like constant alien attacks all over the planet or something like that. That's like the only real way there can be a challenge, you know, for Superman. So yeah, um, I think logistically, I would have preferred if they did a different Warner Brothers hero like Flash. Um, and there, there's a couple others. Like they could have did a Catwoman because Catwoman was a big part of Batman. So I wouldn't be opposed to, a, you know, a, just a Catwoman game or a Nightwing game even would have been good. So, yeah, um, I think they should have chose a different character from uh, from the DC universe. But. That's just my thoughts on it. What do you guys think? I I have I have a few thoughts, but uh, Dan, I'm gonna let you go first. I find it to be very interesting. Um, I initially at first was very excited. I'm so used to there being, you know, a bunch of Batman games. I wanted there to be with Superman, but the mechanics is just odd. So I wonder how they're going to be able to pull it off. And also, I wonder if it's going to be like morality based. So will you be able to, you know, be like an evil Superman or or he's doing good? I don't know whether or not you're going to be playing as Clark Kent. And in that way, they're able to balance out the game more. So I find this thing to be very interesting. I look forward to it, but I'm not as excited as before. You think that wore off. 
So uh, let me start off what I was going to say, but uh, let me give a shout out to Mr. Tony Polanco because I know that he is somebody who has been wanting a good Superman game. Uh, I don't really know if this rumor with Rocksteady is, is accurate. If it is accurate, yeah, I, I have faith that they can do a good job, uh, but again, it depends how they approach it. Now, to answer the question you, that you brought up earlier, Gary, about uh, how they could potentially tackle it, the only way I think this game will work is if you have Superman start the game off in a weakened state. You could say that, you know, he he just got he got hurt real bad with some kryptonite. And now he has to go through the game and build up his strength going up against different enemies, so on and so forth. But again, it, it all depends with the execution of how they do it. Now, one thing I will say, and this a lot of people, a lot of people may not like this, I am a fan of rock of Rocksteady. Um, I was not a fan, though, of the last Batman Arkham game because of the car combat, because I know that they wanted to have the Batmobile in there. And to me, I felt there was too much of that, you know, and that was one of the reasons why I'm not really a fan of that game. It's still a good game for what it is. They still do a great job with the Batman games. But because of how they had all that vehicular combat in the actual game, and then you shooting, you know, going up against all these different villains and we, we, having to use the Batmobile, that got very annoying and repetitive for me very early on. So that's why, you know, I think they definitely would need to be careful with Superman, but yet I still think they can make it work. It just depends how they're actually going to approach it um, because it's all about the execution at the end of the day. Now, I don't really know. I mean, I thought at one point Rocksteady was considering, well, they was posed with the question of, would you guys ever consider making up a superhero game that's not dependent upon a superhero we actually know, like Batman or Superman, like your own original creation? And I don't really know what the answer was to that question. I thought it was something that they would consider, but they never really said yes or no to that. So um, I'm not really sure. I guess we just have to wait and see exactly what it is that they intend to, intend to announce. If it is, in fact, true that they are going to announce something but I think that, that is, there is some truth to that because there was some screens that came out also, uh, some, something from something that could have been in a magazine spread. So it's possible that that is what they do reveal when that next issue drops. But um, we'll see. Uh, were there any other thoughts on this particular topic before we uh, move on? Because I don't really know if you guys really care that much about Superman. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely not my favorite. But um, in the chat, um, either Miguel or Mark, I, I, I don't know which one said it originally, but um, they said it should, it could be based on Smallville. So like, you know, when Clark Kent is basically kind of learning his powers of Superman, so he's not at his prime kind of thing. Uh, would, would you guys think that would be interesting to see Smallville Superman? Hey, well, you know, hey. Uh -huh. Hey, well, well, Dana, have, have you, you you watch Smallville, right? So you you, 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 you like watched that. who watched Smallville? I kind of like that. So here's the thing: I feel that this story is strong, no matter what they decide to do with it. I just wonder again how the mechanics is going to work, and you know, the flying around is great and everything, but after a while, it just becomes very tedious. So. I'm just interested to see how they do it, but I'm I like the idea of them you going the um, Smallville way. Yeah, um, 
Also, another question to ask. Uh, now, I know Superman, it would be awesome for Superman to have his own game. Uh, do you think it's out of the question for Rock, Rocksteady to just make a Justice League game, though, considering that the, the game, the movie is coming out in a few weeks. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be something DC will try to focus on uh, after the movie, even after the movie is out, they're going to focus on these characters that they have in particular in that movie and their future films. So do you think it's possible that they could just go the route of doing a Justice League game instead? Do you think that would be more intriguing uh, than, than a Superman game? Uh, <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, no. We already have one similar to that. It's called Injustice. Just, I no. I want Superman to have his own game, but I want it to be smart. And I don't want it to be something that we've seen before. And for me, Justice League, I'm sorry, but I just kind of, it's, no, it's not needed. Not right now. Um, I, I'm going to actually disagree here and say that I think that has more potential than a Superman game because the way I imagine it is like, what if there's, you know, a number of different missions and stuff and you can choose which character of the Justice League you choose to, you know, complete that mission with. So you can you you can pick Batman, and you you have to use his skill set to complete the mission, or you can you know choose well, Superman but... and just blaze your way through it, or you can choose Flash or you know whoever else is in the Justice League. And you know the movie's coming out soon, which I'm expecting to be terrible. So it would be great to have like you know something good for the Justice League. No. See, for me, that reminds me of every Lego game that's out there. And so it's just, it's just so corny. Maybe it's just my hatred for, for that property and that upcoming movie. But I don't, I'm not interested. I would be more interested in Superman. Hey, well, as, as I mentioned before, I'm pretty sure Tony Polanco would agree 100% with, with you because uh, I know he is a Superman fan. I mean, I would love to see them pull that off, uh, only because everybody knows, well, Batman is, they, they know how to handle Batman, but Superman, that would be something different for them. But yeah, it all is about the execution, how they do it in the end. So as long as they don't have uh, anything that is unnecessary to the actual game and the story that is distracting, then it, it, then it should be fine. But um, we'll find out whether or not this news is true. Uh, again, you know, <clears throat> We know Game Informer, the last time the story was reported on something that was in the magazine actually came true. So I'll be very curious to see if this is actually the cover story and if this is the game they're working on. Because they, like I said, they've been very quiet for a while. So um, we'll see what happens. But, see, uh, and that's what's the best about it is that they're not saying anything. So even if it's a complete failure, we don't know. We're left out of the dark. Unlike other games and other companies, where they announce their game two years in advance, and then come that time, we don't get anything, and they're like, oops, it's just delayed. So, I like what they're doing. Well, let me give a shout-out to Mark in the chat. He said that he thinks the cover is going to get re revealed tomorrow. So, hey, well, that's interesting. So, by the time this episode goes up, maybe we'll have an answer. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, it's, I'm I'm very curious to see what's going on with with them, you know, because they've been quiet. So we'll see about that. But uh, any final thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next? Nothing else from me. Okay, Gary. So uh, this next topic is all you. Uh, 
first and foremost, let's make sure we give a, a shout out to uh, Tatiana because she's actually at BlizzCon right now. But um, I believe you had something you wanted to say about something that took place at BlizzCon over these last couple of days, Gary. So the floor is yours. Yeah, let me just say that, uh, yeah, shouts to Tatiana for being there. And I was very jealous because I wanted to be there too. But uh, yeah, BlizzCon happened. It's been happening the whole weekend. Um, and I've been following, you know, some things very closely, of course, the Overwatch stuff. But there were some other announcements. So I'm just going to, you know, run through a few things, a few notable things that was announced there so that, you know, people can get an idea of what happened. So StarCraft 2 is going free to play. And um, there's going to be an expansion called Wings of Liberty that, you know, uh, people are going to be able to play for free once the game goes free to play. Um, I believe it goes free on November 14th. Um, so, yeah, if you guys have ever wanted to play StarCraft 2, now's your chance to get in there for free. And to the people who have already, um, you know, bought the previous expansion for StarCraft 2, uh, they're, they're going to get another... Um, they're going to get an expansion for free as well, like something else for free. So, yeah, um, you know, there's no losses there. And they're, like, you're going to be able to play competitive mode and everything like that for free as well. Um, and, but there, there are going to be some barriers just so that they can maintain the level of um, quality, you know, that's involved in the, you know, the competitive process for StarCraft 2. So that's pretty cool to hear. Um, there's also a new expansion for World of Warcraft called Battle for um, Azeroth. And I don't know too much about that, but, you know, it's cool that they're still making content for that MMO, which has, you know, been pretty popular for... Uh, it, must be approaching, it must be approaching, like, 20 years now, almost. Um, yeah, I think, like, maybe... I think it came out, like, 03 or something like that. So, um, yeah, we're not too far off from the 20-year an anniversary of that. Um, and Hanzo from Overwatch is going to be in Heroes of the Storm. And I believe there's also, you know, new content coming for that game too. So be on the lookout for that. But um, let's get straight to Overwatch, which is what I followed closely. Now, they they revealed a new character called Moira, who's a healer and a damage dealer. And um, people in the Overwatch community have been asking for a new healer for a long time. And, uh, you know, of course, we got Anna first. Uh, she was like the first character that was uh, the first new character that was released um, for Overwatch, you know, after the initial game release. But um, since then, people have been wanting a new healer because, you know, you have um, Lucio, who's, you know, he's uh, he's like an area healer, like he he heals people in a certain radius, but he can also do the speed boost, which is unique to him. And then you've got Zenyatta, who's, uh, you know, he's he's good at picking off enemies because, you know, he can debuff enemies while also doing singular healing. You know, he can only heal one person at a time. And then Mercy, who's like the main healer. Um, she's also my main, uh, my main character that I play. Um, you know, she's got the res and everything, which is unique to her. Uh, so people have been asking for a new healer because they feel like there's a need for another type of healing and another type of healer that has a specific skill set. So now we have Moira and, you know, she she plays like kind of a sorceress kind of thing. And um, yeah, she's she's also a really good damage dealer. And Jeff Ka Kaplan himself said that she's she's OP as, you know, he actually swore, like he used profanity. He said she's OP as fuck. 
you know, when he announced the character. So, yeah, uh, that's cool to see a new character coming to Overwatch. And um, they also had the Overwatch World Cup happening. And I was following that very closely because, um, you know, the the Overwatch competitive scene is really entertaining. And I want to commend you guys in the US because you, you did way better than the UK did. Uh, the UK got destroyed by, uh, I believe it was Sweden, I think. Yeah, they got destroyed by Sweden. And um, US, you, you guys actually put up a good fight against South Korea. Who South Korea, if you, if you follow Overwatch, you know that South Korea destroys everyone. Like, they, they destroy everything in that game. Like, they're just so talented at, um, you know, competitive Overwatch. But you, the US put up a really good fight. And for a minute, I thought the US was actually going to beat South Korea. But um, South Korea came back with the victory surprisingly but you guys have some great overwatch players over there and um i have to say as well that there's times where i only play on the american server on overwatch just because the level of play is so much better on the american server and i only play on europe when i'm playing with my team over here so yeah you guys are really good at overwatch but um yeah south korea won the world cup so kudos to them if you are into overwatch i would say check out some of their their matches online because like the it's it's incredible the things that these guys do like their reactions are just so quick like i I don't know how they they must literally just play games all day like i I don't know how they're able to accomplish you know uh, that level of play in any game um i know they're also good at uh, league of legends and stuff like that as well but um yeah that's uh oh and there was also a new cinematic for overwatch as well so people who you know ask for for more story from overwatch you have a reinhardt cinematic to look forward to also but yeah uh that's pretty much it for blizzcon um so you know just so you guys aren't left out was there anything at blizzcon that caught your eye and made you want to play any of the games that you know blizzard makes Uh, Dana, I'll let you go first. Uh, no, not really. I'm disappointed. Sorry. <laughs> it looks really fun and exciting, and I'm excited for you. I'll, I, okay, so I'll I'll just say this. Let's give a shout-out to Mark in the chat. He said that they need to hire you, Gary. You can make six figures a year playing Overwatch. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'll, 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 I'll say this. Uh, I have to give a shout out to everyone that still plays Overwatch since day one, because when this game first came out, uh, to me, you know, at the time I, I looked at these multiplayer only games and I didn't have a, a positive thought about that because of games like Evolve, which I did review on the site a, a few years ago. And man, it's funny how that game, the title of the game is Evolve. And nothing came of that game because the studio was is done. That game is done. It's it's unfortunate. But um, I'll just say this much. Uh, I, you know, with Overwatch, <clears throat> because I played these other multiplayer games, I figured, well, this is the same thing. But, of course, because Blizzard Activision is involved. And that is a whole different, different story, uh, you know, unto itself. So I definitely commend them for creating a game that people are still playing to this day that they have now managed to make it a competitive sport. I think they deserve props on that. Now, does that mean that I'm actually going to play the game? 
man, I don't think I have time for Overwatch. Not, not You know, I look at all the great games that came out this year, and there is no way in hell that I'm going to have time for that when I'm still trying to catch up on everything that came out this year. But for those that are fans, I salute you all. Um, that is a positive thing to say. Now, let me also say a negative thing about Overwatch. The loot boxes in Overwatch. I know that, again, we've already spoken on this show that the loot boxes is cosmetic stuff. But because they have included that in there, I see a lot of developers now are including this stuff in their own games and not in the positive way either. Because I know their microtransactions and Call of Duty, I didn't, I didn't really get a chance to dive into any of that stuff yet. Uh, but I know that a lot of people saw that they were very pissed. And of course, you know about the whole thing with Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the fact that EA is now trying to change that so it's not really uh, offensive to the, to the players. It's ridiculous, though. Uh, so the loot, loot bot practice is one thing that I don't know about that, man. It's a very slippery slope. Obviously, there are some people that are actually spending money on this stuff, so it's going to continue to exist. But uh, that is the one negative thing of Overwatch that I'm not happy that people did take from that game. And they said, okay, well, this, look, look what they did. Now, how can we do this and make money doing this? So I'm not happy that that is in the other games, but for what it's worth still, those that actually – enjoy Overwatch, enjoy what it has to offer. I commend all of you for still playing that game because if I would have picked up that game at launch, there's no way in hell I would still be playing it today. Uh, that's just my opinion. But, um, hey, I'm glad that the show, that the whole event turned out successful. As I mentioned, Tatiana's there. I know she's going to have some stuff to say about that event when she returns from that as well. But, um Yes, that's a very good recap, Gary. It's as if you were at the show from there, from start to finish. <laughs> oh yeah, man, I'm 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 very passionate about uh, Blizzard stuff now. Um, I've even considered getting back into World of Warcraft because I never really got too deep into that. But um, Garrett Glass, shouts to Garrett who used to write for the Coalition. He actually plays WoW from time to time, and he's uh kind of got me thinking about hopping back into WoW as well. So yeah, um, I, I just really like what Blizzard is doing right now, and I, I like how they continue to, um, you know, support their games, and they continue to, you know, listen to their audience and improve their games based on audience feedback. And um, I think that's a practice that a lot of the big publishers should take on board. But uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, one last thing I did want to say. Um... I also still don't have a, a gaming PC, so that's probably another reason why I haven't really gotten a chance to really get into any of these games. You know, I've always been saying over the last couple of years, and I've said it on this show multiple times, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a gaming PC. I, I've said that when we still have people who are writing for the site that don't write for the site anymore, and I still haven't had the opportunity to, to do that yet. So I might have a change of opinion once I do get a gaming PC and I get to try a lot of these games. Uh, I know if I was to try to play WoW right now on this Mac here, oh, it would that would not work at all. So um, I may have a different of, a difference of opinion on a lot of this stuff. I am interested in trying a lot of these games out, such as uh, you know World of Warcraft or StarCraft, so on and so forth. But yeah, I just need to make sure I actually have a computer that's going to actually run this stuff the way that it's meant to to be to be uh, run. But we'll see what happens in the future. Anything is possible. But yeah, uh, any final thoughts on BlizzCon before we move on to the next topic? 
No, that's it. Awesome. Okay, uh, now we're going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the system that Dana has told me she can't wait for the system to come out because she's going to buy a day one. We're talking about the Xbox One X. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, apparently there is a report that came out that said, uh, you know, obviously the Xbox One X comes out this Tuesday, November 7th. Um, there's a report that was released that said numerous outlets are saying that the Xbox One X is super powerful and can eliminate loaning times. Uh, so I believe, Gary, you asked the question, have the reviews changed our opinions of the Xbox One X? Let me be the first to answer this question and say it has not changed my opinion of the Xbox One X. And I will explain to you why this is. I said at the very beginning that, you know, I'm glad that Microsoft is making another console. That's great. More powerful. That's great. But where the hell is the software at? Um, I know Reggie, a.k.a., uh, you know, Weapon X, he sent me a video earlier today of somebody playing Assassin's Creed Origins on the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One X. I did not notice any difference whatsoever in that version of the game. But obviously, they say it runs better on the Xbox One X. I, I just didn't see it in the video footage that I saw. Um, but I, again, I think um, I'm glad Microsoft is releasing a new console. Anytime there's new hardware, obviously, if you're into tech and you're into gaming, you, have, you, you, you may want to actually try out some of this stuff. It's totally fine. But I just think they've been very focused on hardware for most of this year. You know, we talked about the show that they had at Gamescom and they're using that time to talk about controllers instead of the games that they refuse to reveal because they don't want to talk about that stuff too early, which is fine. But I just think, again, to really convince me that I need an Xbox One X, I need to see software before any of this other stuff. I know that the hardware is going to be great because they do a great job with the hardware. Microsoft has done a great job with the Surface and all the other stuff that they've done. So I have no doubt the hardware is going to be good but it's about the software at the end of the day. If the software is not there, I don't see any reason why I need to hurry up and get a system. But again, that is just my opinion. Um, Dana, what do you think about the Xbox One X and the fact that uh, loading times are cut? Now, does that make you want to get an Xbox One X for, for sure, or is it still a no? It's still a no, because that's really great if you can cut loading times, but what am I loading? You don't have enough games yet. So, like, am I loading air? So, so for me, it's still a no. Come out with something that's exclusive, that's really going to get me excited, and then we'll maybe we'll talk. But until then, I'm PS4 all the way, and I still go out and I tote, go get a Nintendo Switch instead. I agree. You can actually find a Switch now because they're everywhere. I've seen a whole bunch of them at Best Buy, uh, a whole bunch of places. So, yeah, you, that, that's, that, that is a good recommendation. Uh, Gary, I know that you actually have an Xbox uh, Live account that you use on PC. Uh, so are you now tempted to get an Xbox One X? No, not at all. You know, I'm not interested at all at the moment. Um, and, you know, just touching on that point you mentioned earlier, Rich, in terms of the games and, um, you know, Phil Spencer being a bit cautious with announcing games that are coming. I think you kind of need to let that go a little bit because, you know, Sony have been announcing games that aren't coming out for like years for the past four years, they've been doing that. So, you know, like they're like P 
PS4 is winning. They're, you know, they're like the, the top selling console this generation so far. So Microsoft needs to look at that and just say, look, some people don't like people. Some people don't like when we announce games, you know, far ahead of time and they have to wait, but it's working for Sony. So I, I, I feel like we should do that now because we have a new console coming out and we need to give people a reason to buy the console. You know, like if, if we know that there's, you know, some spectacular game coming out next year or the year after or something like that, we're going to be more inclined to buy the system ahead of time just so that we're ready for that game when it, when it comes out. But if there's no word whatsoever on what games are coming out and we already know that one of the games that was anticipated has been cancelled, that doesn't do much for con- consumer confidence in your product. So they need to start announcing these games. Like, you know, it's getting to the point where we, we need to know something, like, especially if you're releasing this console. It's coming out next week. I've barely heard a word about it. Of course, I looked up the reviews just because, you know, we work at a site. So we're going to look up this stuff and, you know, see what's going on and everything. But to the average consumer, you're not really giving them much of a reason to buy the console. And, you know, that's kind of worrying and also the message is still a little mixed because I do remember when they said that, you know, this was just going to be a high-end product for those who who want the 4K experience. But then, you know, in other interviews and discussions, they're, they're kind of hyping it up as the next best console and a powerhouse and, you know, how it's going to lead the way forward and that sort of thing. So the messaging is also mixed. Like, we don't know whether this is just an optional high-end product for them or if it's what they're kind of banking on in the future so yeah like they just they need a strong solid marketing plan um it's going to be very interesting to see what those first month sales are like i know we have holidays coming up black friday's coming you know and everything so maybe they they will get you know a, a huge influx of sales in november you know maybe it will do well but then um, it's going to be interesting to see if it maintains that afterward. So. Very, very good points. Now, I, the two quick things I want to say, yes, those, that was a very good explanation from beginning to end. One thing you said in particular, you bring, up, you bring up a very good point, and we can say this in defense of Microsoft. Uh, you mentioned how when people, when the PlayStation 4 came out, they kept saying, well, the, exclus- the exclusives are coming. And it took a while, but eventually now they've gotten to the point where they have games. So, yeah, I don't see a lot of people using that and saying, well, that's, that's this is what happened with PlayStation 4, so let's be fair now. This is what's happening with Microsoft, so it's fine. And they will be, they make a very good point. Yes, it, that, that, that is a very good point. So, you know, now that the hardware is going to be out there, we will see if they deliver with the games, you know. Um, one thing I did want to say is that... Uh, you know, I don't really know if any of this information is accurate, but I did see a report that was released about a few days ago that said that Sony is releasing a PlayStation 4 Pro bundle the exact same day as this Xbox One X console release. And the other thing about that is that Horizon, the Horizon DLC, the Frozen Wilds, comes out the same day. So it, the, the, the word on the street is that that bundle is going to be a white PlayStation 4 Pro uh, one terabyte, and I, I, I don't know if Horizon comes with it or anything. I mean, we may get an announcement on that, I would think, maybe tomorrow, or, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, but that was what I had heard. I don't know if that's accurate. I guess we'll find out this week, but um, 
interesting timing of Sony to do that if that is the case. But we do know the game is coming out. That Horizon expansion is coming out uh, the same day the uh, Xbox One X launches. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, I will say, though, of course, we already know whenever new hardware comes out, it, it, it does sell at the very at the beginning, you know. So I do expect the Xbox One X to sell. Um, at least for this month. As you said, afterward, this is what we need to see. Now, obviously, next month we know PUBG is coming out on December 12th in the game preview, and there's going to be also be a physical version for those that want to pick it up in stores. So we're going to get a chance to see whether or not people are actually going to flock to buy this game. They can purchase it now on the Xbox Store if they want. But um, I'm very curious to see how that turns out for Microsoft because of all the other games coming out, there's no other game that's coming out until next year. You know, Crackdown, they pushed that out. That got pushed out further into spring 2018. Um, I personally think they should have just launched the console at that time because that was a game a lot of people was thinking, even though it necessarily may not push console sales. That I mean, I still think they need to have some type of game out there at launch. Now, I know they have... Super Lucky's Tale. Um, I don't know anybody that's interested in that game, but maybe there is somebody interested in it. But um, I just think, um, I mean, for the most part, I I expect Microsoft to still, the console is still going to sell when it comes out. Because anytime something new is out, typically it does sell. And, you know, and again, a lot of people who are highly supportive of Xbox will pick up that console because they want to see them be successful and do well. But at the end of the day, the software, this is what this is all about, the software. So we can say that, okay, they, they have a good console now. It's more powerful, so on and so forth. Now we will see a year from now whether or not the lineup is looking good. That's the only thing I'm looking for, the software, because I need games to play. I don't want to replay the same games at a higher quality on a new console that I just purchased. I want to play new games on that system. So that's just my opinion. But um. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, in the chat, I see uh, shouts to uh, Ducks. He says, um, games will come. Microsoft wanted to fix the weak console problem first. Now the games will come. They wanted to eliminate them having inferior third-party versions of games. So that that's a good point. But the thing is, like, you have to, like, you can't just release the console, you know, with no, without informing the consumers what they have to look forward to, because we've already had a Halo this generation, we've had a Gears, and, you know, the customers just want more now, like, they want something new, they want fresh experiences, so, like, sure, that's cool that they're fixing that problem, the 900p problem or whatever, you know, it's cool that they, (laughs) they, they fix that problem, but the question then becomes, like, are you going to be willing to, you know, take out the, the, the microfiber cloth and dust off your console, you know, when in two years' time when these games start coming out? Or are you going to forget about it by then and have moved on to the Switch and the PS4 Pro by, the, by that time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, one thing I will say, uh, you know, the comment about the, um, the third party, they, they just want to be focused on third party. That's fine if they want to just have, you know, be the system that has the better of the third-party titles because some people will say that the exclusives don't matter, they don't sell. But, again, we have to go to a perfect example, Horizon Zero Dawn. 
this is a game that a lot of people when I know when we saw the trailer initially, I like, you know, something about that game is uh it, it was very interesting. It was something different from Gorilla. Okay. Um the game is still one of the most successful PlayStation 4 exclusives this year, in my opinion. And, you know, I'm pretty sure at the end of the year we'll get confirmation of that when they release the numbers for different games that did it very well. I'm pretty sure that that game did pretty well, and that was exclusive. So there, I do believe that there can be some exceptions to that rule about the exclusive still mattering. Now, as far as the third-party titles are concerned, yeah, Microsoft can do that. They can definitely have better third-party better looking third party titles on their console. Um, but I, I still think, I mean, I want Microsoft to be thinking outside the box. I feel as though if you, uh, if you want to have the better third party title, that's one thing. That's fine if you want to do that. But you also should still have aspirations to create software that is exclusive to your platform. Because a lot of people, they may not necessarily care about all the third party titles that are coming out, but they want to see What's going on with Halo? What's going on with Forza? Maybe, maybe want to see some new stuff. And then take a game like Sunset Overdrive, which, you know, I know last week we didn't talk about it, but now they don't have a publisher for the sequel. Uh, I w- if I was Microsoft, I would have at least considered trying to do something with that relationship um, because even the regular Sunset Overdrive never came to PC. It was only on Xbox One, and it did not sell well. Obviously, I think if that game came to PC also, then the sales would have definitely be helped out a lot, a lot more. But um, I just think at the end of the day, I'm fine with Microsoft if they want to only focus on having the third-party titles look better on their console. But I still think they need to also make a conscious effort to make sure you also have exclusive titles. Because the competition, they, Nintendo and Sony have exclusive titles on their platforms. They also have some third parties as well, but they make sure they got exclusive on lock. So Microsoft, this should not be an excuse for them to just say, don't worry about, no, don't worry about first party titles. Just worry about the third party stuff. No, I think they need to be concerned about the first party stuff also. Um, But again, this is just my opinion. People will disagree and I will respect their opinion no matter what. But this is just my opinion. Um, We'll see what happens. (laughs) But any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next one? Yeah, just to close this off, like when I think about PlayStation, I think about The Last of Us 2, God of War, you know, Detroit, um, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, um, you know, all these games that are coming, right? But do you know what I think about when I think about the Xbox One or the Xbox One X? I think about Phil Spencer. That's That's the first thought that comes to mind. No games, just Phil Spencer. And, you know, in a business when you're selling to customers, you you don't want your customers thinking about you, the staff, the employee. You know, you want them thinking about your product and the value that it provides for them. So that that's a big problem that Microsoft has right now. Like whenever we think of Microsoft and Xbox, we're thinking about Phil Spencer and, you know, what he's doing, what he's saying and what he's promising but we're not actually thinking about the product and the games and what's coming for, you know, the Xbox ecosystem. And that's the problem they need to fix. I agree. I agree. And the thing about uh, the whole first party lineup, 
I understand that that's not something that could be fixed immediately. It's going to take time for them to build up that lineup to really get it to a point where they have a lot of first party stuff because all the studios they had, they got rid of a lot of studios. They got rid of some franchises altogether. So it's going to take time. But what I'm saying is that I would hope now that you have the console that is out that you want people to play, spend all their time on, I hope that next year they will actually take the time to invest and educate people to let them know, oh, we do have some stuff that's coming to this console. You know, when we go to E3 next year or we watch it, you know, whatever happens with that whole situation, I want Microsoft to be talking about new games coming to the system. And I do not want to see a trailer of a third-party game that is also coming to PlayStation 4 as the feature trailer for the event. Um, like with Metro, that Metro game that they show, Metro Exodus, that game looks absolutely fantastic. But you know it's coming to everything else because it's not an exclusive to the system. And that's fine, that's totally fine. But you need to also make sure that you are showing us titles that are actually exclusive. Like when they, the time they spent on that trailer or on a Call of Duty trailer compared to the time they spent on Crackdown, that was just insulting because Crackdown is supposed to be a title exclusive to Microsoft. So I'm just saying, make sure that you actually do a better job next year showing us what's coming to the console. You have a new console, great, that's awesome, fantastic. But now we need to see what are the games that are coming to this console as to why you need to show me why spending that $500 worth spending. So they have work to do on that. But with that said, we'll find out what their long-term plans are. You know, we'll start to see some stuff take shape next year, I would hope. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's up in the air, but we'll, we'll see about that. But for now, I'm glad to hear the system is coming out. Uh, even though I criticize the system, because I know people will say you always criticize Xbox. Man, I, I had Xbox. I have, I've had every Xbox system. I still plan to get this system. I just don't think I need to get it at launch because I haven't seen any reason why I need to have it day one. But next year, if they show me a lot of games I'm interested in, oh yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it, I will consider picking it up. But for now, yeah, they got some work to do. That's all I'm saying. Looking forward to seeing what they do, because they know they got work they got to do. So uh, any other thoughts before we uh, move on to the next topic? <laughs> That's it for me. Awesome. Okay, so now we're going to get into Paris Games Week. Um, we're going to talk about this trailer, this controversial trailer. I, I want to address a few of the other things with the actual Sony show first. Because, uh, you know, um, first and foremost, I, I will say I did watch the Sony conference from beginning to end. We got a couple of announcements, uh, a lot of different games. You know, we heard, well, let's start with the pre-show. We got, we found out that Guacamelee 2 was coming out. I enjoyed the first game, so I was excited to hear that. Um, this is a game that obviously will be on every system, I'm assuming. It will be on Xbox also. So that was good. Uh, but now getting into the actual um, trailers. Well, actually, let me backtrack for a second. Let me ask you guys first, what were some things that you enjoyed about Sony, Sony's show? Uh, and I'm going to start with you first, Dana. Let, us, let me know what you enjoyed about the actual conference, whether it's the pre-show or the actual show itself. Maybe she got maybe maybe she maybe she got caught up in that interview. Well, go first, go first, Gary. Uh yeah. Um, 
like to be honest there wasn't a lot of things that kind of like um piqued my interest um but it's cool that there's another uh, guacamole coming um and i really liked the the ghost of tsushima reveal you know from um sucker punch you know it's it's really cool to see them like be inspired by like you know the japanese culture and everything like that so i find it interesting that they're doing a japanese based game um which is pretty cool so yeah i'm interested in seeing more about that the trailer was really good i thought um the episode ignis trailer was cool um you know for final fantasy 15 and the god of war one was cool i mean we, we've seen a lot of god of war at this point I, I just kind of want the game now but it was cool to you know see um kratos you know um just being brutal as usual so yeah um besides that it was pretty it was pretty much what i expected um you know it was a bunch of like indie games and um you know kind of the more low budget uh exclusive games and stuff like that and yeah just a lot of that which is cool like i'm not knocking that at all but there wasn't much that you really interested me from from the show um but i know they're saving their big guns for playstation experience so it makes sense yeah, I, I, I'm going to have a question about that afterward also. But uh, Dana, uh, if you are back now, uh, how about you let us know what you enjoyed from the uh, Sony Paris Games Week show? Oh, I thought that the, the games were Guacamole. Absolutely. I like the sequel. It looks really good. It looks promising. Uh, that looked fun. Um, I liked, I don't remember what they showed. Guacamole was really the big standout. Well... Now, I, I, yeah, I, I have a list here of everything. We got, uh, of course, we got Spider-Man. We got uh, Detroit Become Human. Uh, we also did see, you know, Gary mentioned the Sucker Punch game. Ghost of Tashimi, Tish you said, Gary? That's the name of it? Yeah? Um, it's, it's pronounced Tsushima. Tsushima. Okay, see, that's why I cannot say it. I'm just going to say the Sucker Punch game. <laughs> uh, and we also got God of War. Um, so... Okay, let, let me just say this real quick. Uh, first and foremost, in regards to the show, I thought it was I thought it was very short, and I was a little surprised with that because I thought we got an hour at the Sony show at E3. Um, I know that they hyped up the show uh, beforehand, saying, "Well, hey, listen, if you, you E3 was only half the story, so now we have a lot more to show." And I think that for the most part, it, the show was satisfying in terms of what they showed with all the trailers. I mean, I I thought it was great. Now, there was still a lot of release dates missing from that whole conversation, which I'm pretty sure we will get some release dates at PSX. Um, but uh, overall, I'll just go over real quick. I, I did enjoy God of War trailer. It was short. It showed a lot more combat. I'm fine with that. I just want them to reveal when is this game coming out. Uh, so we'll see about that. Spider-Man trailer was, was great. A lot of questions about that trailer. Uh, some gameplay in there and then the, the cinematic stuff also. Um, very glad to see that Miles Morales is in the game. I still don't know how they're going to use him in the game because Peter Parker looks like the main focal point of the actual story. Um, but that's interesting. That looks great. Um, let me see what else. Uh, Detroit Become Human. This was a game that, it, you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, we saw it at E3. The game looked good to me. I know a lot of people made a lot of big deal about what happened in that trailer, and we're going to get into that in a minute because that's t 
tie it to the other discussion we're going to have with The Last of Us too. But I, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to pretty much everything that I saw at the, saw there. I didn't really think anything was bad. I just thought, you know, it's relatively short. But obviously, as you already alluded to, Gary, PSX coming up in December. Um, and that is the question that I was going to ask. What do you think we're going to see at PSX now that we've seen what we saw at Paris Games Week? So you can start us off and let me know what you think we're going to see there. At PSX? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so definitely Death Stranding, since we didn't get that at Paris Games Week. Um, and um, I think probably something Final Fantasy as well. Um, uh, and that, another thing I forgot to mention about the uh, Distant Worlds, they showed some um, gameplay from uh, Final Fantasy Remake when they were playing one of the, the seven songs, the bombing mission. Um, I, I need to check some of the, the footage they've already shown because... I'm not sure whether it was new or not, what they showed at Distant Worlds, but if it was new, then I imagine there's probably going to be something for that at, um, you know, PSX with new footage and everything. So, yeah, I'm expecting something Square Enix related for sure. Um, And um, I've actually forgotten what else is coming for Sony. Um, I know they've got quite a lot coming next year, but, yeah, I I think we're going to see... uh, I, I would even say that we might see Last of Us again, you know, like more gameplay focused or something. Um, and yeah, I need to kind of think about what else because uh, I know that there's some other stuff coming, but I can't recall everything right now. So, yeah. yeah. So so um, I do agree with Death Stranding 100%. Days gone, there you go. Yeah, Days Gone. That's what I was trying to think. Okay, yeah. I do have something to say about that too. Uh Death Stranding, I think, is definite. We should see something by by then, I would think. And maybe if it's even just another another teaser trailer or something like that. Um, I don't really think it's going to be any gameplay, but I could be wrong. I mean, I don't do not have no idea how far in development they are on that game. As for Days Gone, uh, I did re- read an article recently that said that that game started development in January 2015. So I don't think that we're going to see that game drop in 2018. If it, if it does drop in 2018, it's going to be towards the end of the year. But I can see Sony pushing that to the beginning of 2019. Um, but, yeah, that wasn't at the show at all. Um, and I think the reason why it wasn't at the show is because, you know, yeah, they obviously need more time to develop it. They don't want to show it at every single show. Uh, and, you know, they had to show some stuff because Last of Us 2 wasn't at uh, E3. So that's fine. Um, but um, in terms of PSX, yeah, there's a lot of things that are still coming. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm glad that Blackstar mentioned in the chat Shadow of Colossus. That does look great. That is about the only thing that we have a release date for because that's coming out in February. Um, that did look great. Um, but uh, I, I, I just think uh, at this point in time, we're going to just get a lot of release dates. I, I would expect a release date for God of War at PSX, a release date for... Uh, we have a release window for Detroit, which is spring 2018. They may get a little bit more specific with that. Uh, I don't really know if they're going to do that at PSX, but God of War, at the, at the very least, I expect a release date for that and maybe Spider-Man because there are rumors that that's coming out either Q1 or Q2 of 2018, uh, whereas the trailer said 2018. So I don't really know if that's accurate or not. Um, but, yeah, more release dates, without a doubt. We're going to get in more of that. Yeah. I, so um, 
I agree with that. I think that they're just going to put release dates on a lot of the stuff that we've been waiting for because, you know, 2018 is right around the corner and a lot of this stuff is expected to come out in quarter one. So, yeah, it makes sense mm-hmm. that they would uh, start to give us solid release dates. Absolutely. Um, and let me just make a one quick comment before we move on to The Last of Us. Uh, both, you know, I believe the last show, I mean, I believe you and Dana had a prediction we're going to see Dreams. So since Dreams was not there, can we confirm that now that that is a nightmare and the game is maybe uh, in some development trouble or you think they just decided to scrap the game concept altogether and come up with another project? Uh, I mean, hopefully the latter of what you said. You know, <laughs> but no, I, I don't know if they would just scrap it, but maybe they would, you know, kind of revise it a little bit and, you know, kind of change some things up and maybe present it better to the audience in a way that's, you know, uh, more interesting. Because, yeah, uh, it's, it's fitting that it was called Dreams and it was actually putting a lot of people to sleep when they were showing it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, at least with some other studios, I appreciate that Sony will give them the freedom to do different stuff. Like we got Horizon Zero Dawn and now this new Sucker Punch game. I respect that. But I guess in the case of uh, Media Molecule, you know, I don't really know. Maybe they need to stick with Little Big Planet or bring it back. Or, I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but maybe we'll see what happens with Dreams if it ever gets spoken of again. I know Wild, the other game that they showed at Paris Games Week uh, the following time that they were there, that wasn't there. And I think that that is because, you know, the lead guy in charge, just the same guy working on Beyond Good and Evil, um, I think that now they are really trying to work on that. So I don't know when Wild is coming out, you know, where it's at in development, none of that stuff. But, um, I mean, even, even, even so, Sony has shown that they have a lot of great titles coming, so... Really not anything to worry about at this point. It's a lot of great software on its way. Uh, 2018 is going to be another great year for Sony. So um, now uh, we need to get into all of the controversy behind one trailer that was, well, there were two trailers that were singled out from that, that particular show that a lot of people made a big deal out of. Okay, I'm talking about the Detroit Become Human trailer and the Last of Us Part Two trailer. Now, apparently, you know, the trailers, okay, in the Detroit trailer, we see a form of abuse because we did see the android, you know, it looked looked like there was a suggested abusive uh, parent that was trying to do something with with the kid and the android was trying to protect the kid. So there was a little bit of some suggestion with that. But then, of course, the Last of Us 2 trailer where we see that there is a woman that is, is seemingly about to be hanged and initially what ends up happening is that you know there's a kid that comes off in the distance shoots two of the characters with arrows to the head um and we see somebody also get uh stabbed in the neck with the axe so initially when those trailers came out you know shortly thereafter a lot of the bigger sites you know we have sites like polygon ign they decided to write articles talking about how offended they were with the trailers that they think that Naughty Dog, in the case of the Last of Us 2 trailer, they used that violence to basically sell the game. And that they felt like they, that was a little bit too far. And I, when I saw those trailers, I, I instantly, when I saw that reaction they had, I instantly laughed. Because to me personally, you know, first and foremost, if you ever have played The Last of Us, you know that this is a game that is not for kids. 
is very violent in nature, and you have to show that because of the world in which the characters live in. So I, any, for anyone to be offended by that, I, I'm thinking to myself, did you even play the first game? Did you not know what this game is about? I mean, this is the type of stuff that I expect to see in a game with that type of subject matter. So I was surprised that people were offended by that. Um, it's not controversial in any way. And, and violence, you know, there's a lot of games that have been violent. So this is not anything that's different. But with that said, Dana, I want to get your point of view on this because we haven't really talked about this prior to recording anything. So I want to get what are your thoughts on the outrage over both of these trailers? Well, it's simple. If you, you know exactly what it is that you're getting into, this is not that just came out and people never heard of it before. And if you find it to be too violent, then go play Candy Crush. We have a whole different array of games that are created. Everything from children's games to violent games to VR games. So there's something for everybody. This is not something that's saying, oh, we're going to just be violent to violent. To be violent, if you look at the context of how the trailer is, this is something that, you know, it's slightly, yes, it's violent, but it's something that you need. The woman is about to be hung. You have the other one with the child. And what exactly exact do they expect people to do to talk it out? I'm not sure. But for me, it is perfectly done. Brutal for some people, but suck it up. Don't watch it. Why are you watching the trailer? Go instead and do Candy Crush or, I don't know, Mario. Yeah, exactly. Very, very well said. And Gary, before I, I, I get to you, let me just throw in one other little quick comment. For anyone that is offended by what they saw in Last of Us Part Two, or what they saw in the trailer for Detroit, I would tell that publication to say, you know what, we don't want to review your game. Send Sony our way, and we'll be happy to review the game. So we can tell people what we honestly think of the game. Because in my personal opinion, you know that these games are rated mature. In the case of Last of Us, again, it really is something to laugh at because the first game you see characters getting shot in the head, all types of stuff. And now all of a sudden you have a problem with the sequel because you saw this stuff happening. Um, I don't get it. Now, Gary, the floor is yours. And you can feel free to tell me what you was what we spoke about prior to recording because you had some other thoughts about this. So go ahead. Yeah, uh, first of all, I just want to say that Go Play Candy Crush is like the quotable of the year for the co-op. Shout out to Dana on that. But um, yeah, as for my thoughts on this, um, like stuff like this just, you know, it gets me aggravated. And, um, you know, like it's just this whole like I I'm not against feminism right like there's a lot of values like the core principles of feminism that i actually agree with like women should be able to vote women should get paid the same as men you know i agree with all that stuff but but i hate these fake online feminists who you know find outrage at the most stupid you know um irrelevant things like this like it really annoys me um because you know she wouldn't have said anything at all if it was all men in in that trailer, you know. And that's what really annoys me. Like you're, you know, creating this fake outrage over something that you overlook when it's the opposite sex. And shouts to Hip Hop Gamer also because he made a video addressing this. And a lot of people, you know, they um they criticize Hip Hop Gamer for not expressing things the correct way and you know breaking things down in the right fashion. But he 
you know, expertly broke down, you know, um, the, the writer at Polygon who made that article. And, you know, he was basically saying like, so you, you, you know, you want to, you want to create this narrative about, you know, um, game, the game being violent towards women, but you overlook, you know, the, the, the hundreds of games with violence against men. So that doesn't make you a feminist. It makes you like, you know, you're, you're inhuman. Like you're not, you, you're, you're so consumed with sticking up for feminism that you're not sticking up for humans, period, you know? So what does that say about you? You know, like you, you just, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. That's all I can say. Like, um, I hate when stuff like this happens. I hate when it gets attention um, because, you know, this, this became like a big narrative and a big talking point this week. And I hate that stuff because I miss the days when we can just, you know, enjoy our games like but now it's like people are trying to um because this stuff actually gets noticed by the, the creators as well like the publishers the developers they all look at this stuff and you know they feel like they need to make changes to their games to appeal to them the mass audience so you know all of this stuff gets picked up and you know people actually um they it it, it changes the way that you know developers approach their games so I hate when stuff like this is blown out of proportion because, you know, it's probably going to make some, someone at Naughty Dog think, you know, in the future when they're working on um, Uncharted 5 or something, they're going to be like, oh, we shouldn't make Sam, you know, hurt this woman in the trailer or something like that because then people are going to talk about it. Like, you know, like, it's it's stupid. I hate it. Like, video games have had violence for, you know, the past 25 years or so, even longer than that probably. So where have you been? Like, is this person like 18 years old or something? Like, this is video games. This is the video games business. Like, what are you doing working at Polygon if you have a problem with this? Like, that's my question. But also, just to say from like, say if I was just looking for reviews, that type of thing, to me, it would seem like you're already creating a bias. Like, you're already against the game before it came out. So how am I supposed to trust your review if you're already hating on a trailer? What happens when you actually play the game and say, for example, there could be more violence? Yeah. So. Very, very good point. Yeah, that, that, that person should not be reviewing games unless it is Candy Crush, you know. Like, <laughs> they really shouldn't. I agree. Uh, and let me just make a real quick comment. I also give, want to give a shout out to Hip Hop Gamer because I, I did see that video. And, and, you know, I normally don't agree with Hip Hop Gamer on everything he says, that that video, he was spot on at every point that he made. Um, so I think, it's, I think it was ridiculous for that, for that woman to go after them the way she did. And I will say I'm very glad of how Sony responded to it because how Sony responded to it was, was fantastic. And they ask people, ask them about the trailer. They're like, hey, no, there's nothing wrong with the trailer. Hey, we, we support our developers and the story that they are trying to tell. And the other thing that people miss in all of this is that I'm pretty sure that there's an explanation as to all of the, all of the stuff that is happening in the trailer, why it's happening, what, what the story is about. So people jump to conclusions like, oh, well, this is too violent. I don't really care about the story. I saw this guy get shot with an arrow. That's too violent. I saw uh, this woman you know, get hit in the neck with an axe, that's too violent. It's all BS. It's all BS. Because again, anyone who has played that game in particular, you know this is not a kid's game. It doesn't make any kind of sense. Um, 
So a lot of that stuff is just a little ridiculous. I, maybe it was a situation where the articles felt the the art the uh, writers felt like well there's not much to write about with this conference so I'm going to find something controversial to write about so I can get some traffic on my site. Maybe that's what it was. Um, click, but clickbait. There you go. There you go. Exactly. That's it. So I don't know, but um, I didn't have any problem with it. Again. I, I acknowledge that a lot of these developers, they are adults. They are creating games for adults. So obviously, I have no issues whatsoever with the game. I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to play Detroit. All of the games that I saw at the show. So I just don't understand what these people are talking about. But um, it is what it is. Can I, can I just say really quickly, um, yeah. before I kind of like died in the middle of everything, um, that I am very much looking forward to Spider-Man for PS4. I think that that game, you ever love something so much that you start to get afraid? Like right now I'm like, I'm afraid that it might not live up to my expectations. So, but I'm really excited to see it because it just looks so wonderful. And there's also the fact that you can now play as Mary Jane. So I'm excited for that, and I want to see how this story goes. And I also love that there's Miles in it and Detroit Become Human. I'm, I'm so in love with this game that I just already know that it's going to be delayed probably for another year. But I love the concept behind it, and I love that whole, you know, the ability to choose kind of what you want to do in the story. So to me, those were the two games that stood out the most. So those I'm excited for. And the Samurai game also. That looks incredible as well. So, so far, PlayStation has some games that uh, I hope doesn't disappoint that, you know, the holiday season is going to look really promising. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, no, no doubt about it. I mean, mo most of that stuff will be, well, I would assume most of those games will be out of 2018. Well, we know Detroit and Spider-Man is supposedly coming out of 2018. Um, the other game, the Sucker Punch game, it, that game has been in development for a long time because I did see the interview that they had later on, and they said the game was in development for a while. So I, that could very well come out next year. I don't know when uh, it's going to come out. But 2020. We'll it, looks, it looks like it's very complicated and a lot of things going into it. I say 2020. <laughs> Yeah, 2020 is possible. It's possible. Detroit Human, I don't know. I'm starting to get like that feel of like watchdogs kind of situation or the division where it's going to just be delayed forever. And then when you actually get to play it, you know, it'll be glitchy. And I really hope that that's not the case. But it looks so good that I'm, I'm expecting that to be delayed as well. Well, I will hope not since they said spring 2018 in that trailer. I, I hope that they stay stick to that. But, you know, I, you never you never know. You never know what this with the I'm completely against announcing games before they come out. Just surprise us. Just be like, oh, it's available today and wait until that time. I'll be totally fine with that. But, you know, hey, we'll see what happens. Um yeah, like so, you know, pretty much that as we said, you know, yeah, Sony has a lot of great stuff coming. Um, for those that were offended by the Last of Us Two trailer or Detroit Become Human, just don't play the game. That's it. Just and, play Candy and, Crush. Yeah, play 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 Candy Crush like Dana suggested. And again, if if now if you are someone who you let these sites dictate to you 
oh, you shouldn't play this game because it's too violent. Well, then you need to really reevaluate why you need to listen to what they're saying over what you actually want because it is supposed to be your opinion as to whether or not you want to play something. Evaluate your whole life if that's the situation where you're Uh letting Uh others dictate what you play. Yeah, 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 pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. So we'll see. Uh, But, Gary, do you have any other thoughts on – this particular topic before we uh, get ready to wrap up today's show. Yeah. I mean, um, the last thing I want to say about the last of us trailer is like the women in the trailer were actually like, you know, they were strong. They were able to defend themselves and stuff. So like, you know, that's another point I went to throw out there. Like, you know, the, the argument that was made against the trailer was completely baseless and, you know, stupid because they were strong female characters clearly. But, um, yeah, besides that, um, I also wanted to say that um, Monster Hunter, I'm really sold on that game now because it really looks like the type of game I would play. You know, I'm into my RPGs and, um, you know, games where you have to, like, hunt creatures and stuff like that. Like, I, I love that sort of stuff. So I, I'm really sold on that now. Um, and, yeah, um, as for Spider-Man, I, I don't think you have to worry about that game at all, Dana. Um, Insomniac are, are really good. They know, you know, they know how to make a good game. So I'm confident that that's going to be the Spider-Man game we've wanted for a long time. Um, I remember, um, I think it was Spider-Man: The Movie Two was probably like one of my favorite Spider-Man games. I think this is going to be way better than that. So, yeah, um, I think we're in for something special with Spider-Man. I agree. Uh, and since you mentioned it, I just want to make this comment real quick. I'm glad you mentioned Monster Hunter World. Man, such a smart decision for Sony to get the exclusive beta on PlayStation 4. And then to have, you know, Aloy as a character in the game, that right there, that that right there is how you successfully make use of a marketing deal with with PlayStation. They they really deserve props on that because if anybody was a fan of Horizon Zero Dawn, you would never think, oh, well, maybe they can get that character in the game, and they got it in there. That They need to get some props on that move because that will guarantee that, that that game is going to do it very, very well on PlayStation 4 next year. So I got to give them props on that too. Um, my review, preview. <laughs> yes, yes. Check out Dana's preview on the website. <laughs> yeah, that was a good choice because it actually looks like Aloy fits that world kind of thing. Like, yep. so that was a really good choice. Absolutely. That that that's that that is that's how you that that I mean for all the marketing deals that you know you have that that is a marketing deal that I think is brilliant. So I got to give them props for that. They already sold me on that game too. So I will check that out next year. But um, any other thoughts on uh this topic before we wrap up today's show? That's pretty much it from me. Awesome. All right, so we, we thank you all for listening to uh, this week's show. As I mentioned, we're missing a few people. They will be back next week. I want to give two quick shout-outs before I give the floor to Dana and Gary. Uh, first and foremost, I definitely want to give another shout-out to Mr. Tony Polanco. Um, he actually reviewed the Horizon DLC, the Frozen Wilds game. And his review will be live on the website tomorrow at a, a, approximately uh, 11 a.m. So definitely check that out tomorrow. Uh, of course, that DLC is coming out Tuesday. 
So if you're still on the fence about whether or not you should get it, definitely check out his review. It's very well done as always. So check that out on the site tomorrow morning. Also, I wanted to say, uh, give a shout out to uh, if for anyone out there that, you know, if you like going to the movies and you're a Marvel fan, you absolutely need to be, I, I would have hoped that by now you saw Thor, Ragnarok, um, because that movie was fantastic. You know, Dana has a review on the website right now that you should check out if you still haven't seen the movie, but you need to go see that movie, especially if you're a Marvel fan, uh, because it truly was a very fun, fun experience from start to finish. Can't really say enough about that. So go see that movie. But um, I'm now going to allow you guys to do your shout out. So Dana, you have any shout outs that you would like to give? Um, I would like to shout out everyone who's in the chat and everyone who's listening. I'm going to take away my shout out to Oculus Rift. You guys sit on a throne of lies. Um, they said that they improved their their set, their their gaming system. And I want to say that when I first played it, I originally landed on the floor, had a huge migraine and suffered dizziness, and their huge upgrade. I had the same thing as well, but this time I didn't vomit. So you guys still suck. For me, I'm not playing your anything that's related to you guys ever again. No. So uh, you get an unshout out and shout out randomly to WWE, even though they have a really sucky game, they provided really great interviews. So yay to them. That's good. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I would like to give a shout out to, yes, everybody in the chat that was in the chat today. Thank you all for the continued support as well as the Patreon supporters. Um, we do have a lot coming this week to the site. As I mentioned earlier, Tony wrote that review. I have a review for Need for Speed Payback coming on Tuesday. We have a whole bunch of other reviews and other stuff coming, so make sure you stay tuned to the site this week. And uh, Gary, the floor is now yours. Yep. So, of course, big shouts to all of our Patreon supporters, M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelowin Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, Miguel, and Mark. We appreciate all of you guys and shouts to everyone who was in the chat today. Also, you know, I see Black Star in there, Illustrated DEOs in there, uh, Mark's in there, Wesley. Um, thanks for chopping up with us, all you guys. Um, even the, the new people I saw in there today as well. Um, the guy from earlier who was talking about the Xbox, I can't recall his name. Um, I think it was Ducks, Ducks or something. Um, shouts to you. Thanks for joining us today. Um, and a big shouts to the coalition staff. You know, Dana's out there putting in work right now at that event and everything. So big shouts to you. Big shouts to Richard for, you know, he's, he did a lot this week, you know, in terms of coverage and, you know, reviews and everything like that and keeping things in order on the back end. And shouts to the Throwdown team, Max, JJ, and everyone at the coalition team. Because, yeah. We're all doing good work right now. That's Absolutely. Sounds good. Absolutely. So uh, thank you all for the continued support, and we will talk to you all next week. <laughs>